Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Funnel, an e-commerce podcast. I'm Shannon Keneally, Media Marketing Specialist at Blue Acorn ICI. Each episode, we interview e-commerce experts to discuss the latest trends and topics that matter most to brand and retail professionals. Today, we have with us Wayne O'Connor. He's the VP of e-commerce operations at Blue Acorn ICI. Welcome, Wayne. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, of course. So why don't you tell us a little little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, To give you some background, uh, I've been in warehousing and distribution for about 30 years, and 14 of those have been specifically uh, in e-commerce operations and logistics. So I've seen and been part of the many changes uh, that go on in both the consumer behavior as well as the industry scramble trying to keep up with Amazon, who keeps changing the game. E-commerce is uh, is a very rapidly changing business, and you really have to be aware of uh, the industry trends and the changing consumer expectations, which are constant. So the experience of you know being here with Blue Acorn ICI is really beneficial. Awesome. Well, today we're talking about how to enhance the post-purchase customer experience. But before we hop into that, um, I'd like to ask you about marketplaces, but more specifically, why do brands need their own channel outside of marketplaces? Uh, it's a good question, I think. And the best answer is why wouldn't they? Because when a brand relies just on the marketplace business, they're relinquishing all of their control over the site the interactions with their consumer, the expectations of the marketing, it's a huge miss if they just simply ignore that element. Their products on a marketplace can be shown right next to their competitors and then possibly even ship to one of their consumers in the same box. There's no consumer interaction at all and they're sacrificing that whole relationship which is the new level of e-commerce. So it's a huge loss of a marketing opportunity for not only their next sale, but to build that brand loyalty. And it all comes down to that relationship with the consumer. And when you only go marketplace, you sacrifice that entire thing. Would you say that post-purchase is really one of the areas that a brand can shine compared to um, the online marketplaces? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the online marketplaces their business is to get a product to you as fast as possible. And that's their chief goal. When you're dealing at it, when you're dealing with this from a brand standpoint, what you're doing is you're building a relationship and you have an opportunity to really impress your customer. Customers will go on a brand website now. And if you just put something in a box and send it to them, there is a moment of disillusionment and and, and just kind of like, oh, when they get the box. So that last experience is like the new frontier of e-commerce. It used to be, I want to buy everything that I want online. Then after that, it was, how fast can I get it to my house? Now it's how elevated can that experience be and what can I get out of it as a consumer? And really when you order something from say the Amazons of the world, you may, you expect the box to be bland, but that's not something you're ever going to tweet about or you know post on Instagram unless it was horrible. Right. But when these brands really go above and beyond, that's something you're going to talk about and remember. It's true because your expectation level is very low for marketplace because you, I mean, their commitment to you is I'll get it to you very quickly. And that's it. That's their commitment. 
the commitment from a brand is more of a relationship and you expect to see a much, much higher quality of process. So before the box arrives, what type of communications should a customer expect from a brand after they complete their purchase? Well, the key is to be proactive and it all starts with the thank you. A recent survey of e-commerce customers, 61% said just a simple thank you made them more satisfied with their purchase. Consumers want information. They want to know, they want to know what they need to know before they have to ask you. Now, whether it's good news or bad news, you have to keep your consumers informed. You got to get the information to them before they need it or they got to reach out to you. And you know, you want to send a final follow-up, but the key here is you don't want to overdo it. Information is great, but too much or irrelevant messaging is going to annoy the consumers and drive them away. It's a balance that you really have to understand, appreciate, and respect. You can't flood them with emails, but you've got to give them the data that they want before they think to ask you for it. That really shows that you're on top of your game. Right. We recently at Bloomberg Corn ICI did a customer experience study in the Charleston office, mm-hmm. and we included dozens of brands across different you know industries and digital maturities. And one thing we we really found is brands. Either we got zero communication from them after purchasing an item, or they would bombard us with all these promotional emails that really were not relevant to what we just ordered or helpful in any way. So it was really strange to really get no follow-up after the purchase outside of your item shipped and then nothing. Right. And and that's the critical nature of having experience in the e-commerce industry is you have to understand that. The consumer wants to hear from you but they don't want you to stalk them, okay? They want a thank you. They want, where's my tracking number? Hey, your shipment just got dropped off at your door. Um, And then when it's done, is there anything that we can do? Do you have any suggestions? Do you have any feedback? And then you're done. You don't want to just bam, 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 use them as an email spam account and then just make drive them away from future business. Are there any uh, key elements of that first email outside of the simple thank you that you think brands should include? Well, I think you have to acknowledge the fact that the consumer decided not to go to a marketplace and come to you. It's probably likely that the consumer could have got it for a few dollars less on a marketplace somewhere. So for some reason, they came to you. Now, we can all be happy and and congratulate our marketing department on that, that maneuver. But the point of the matter is the consumer is going to expect some kind of a loyalty from you now. They want something back from it. So when you send that thank you, it, it should not be a text email with nothing behind it. There should be a little note. Some of the brands actually welcome you to your fam- to their family. You get a little blurb from the CEO. You get a little blurb about what their vision is in, in the community. It's a good opportunity to share something about your company with the consumer who has already reached out to you. Today, brands are so much more than a product. They're really more of a lifestyle. And when mm-hmm. you include consumers in that personalized way, I think they really appreciate it and value it over just, like I said, the like the bland boxing that you, they're used to seeing. So definitely keeps them loyal to the brand. So why is the unboxing experience so important for a brand to retain a customer? Well, again, I think this is that new frontier I spoke about earlier. Uh, It's a wonderful interaction opportunity. 
Um, consumers' ex expectations have moved on from just convenience and speed, and they really expect a much more um, elevated uh, process now. So what's important and what I've said to brands in the past is make no mistake, the unboxing experience is either going to be positive or disappointing to your consumer. If you do nothing, it's disappointed. If you do something poorly, it's going to be disappointing. But you have the capability and you have the opportunity to control that result. Now, it can be mundane or it can be elegant. You've got to remember that this is your conversation with your consumer. And it's important for you to take advantage of it. And that's one of the benefits of us. We have an, uh, what we call an unboxing lab here where the brands come in and we look at what all the other brands are doing. And they can say, okay, I like that. I don't like this. I'd like to take my vision and incorporate it into what I see here. There's a million different attributes that you can use. But the bottom line is do something. Don't do nothing because that's just going to disappoint your consumer really bad. Does the unboxing experience differ across industries? Are there certain elements of it that you think work better with other industries? I mean, obviously, if you're dealing with, let's say, parts and you're ordering a replacement part or a cartridge or something like that, the consumer really just wants you to get it to them. Um, this is more of a, a consumer commodity where people are actually looking to buy something that they would have bought if they had gone to a brick and mortar in a, in a store. Um, so when that happens, that's when they want to see an elevated, um, an elevated response. Would you say there's still now a big opportunity for brands to gain and retain customers with unboxing? Just through our, again, through our customer experience study here, we found that very few brands really had a well-designed on-brand mm -hmm. un unboxing experience. So do you find that there's still a big opportunity for brands to elevate that part of it to retain customers? Absolutely. People want to be on a team. People want to believe in their choices and people want to believe that where they're spending their money is a right choice and they've made a good call. If you find a product coming to you and, and, and the company is reaching out to you and they're sharing some information about what they believe in and what their vision is and how they help the community, you feel good about being part of that company. You feel good about going, you know, I like working with them. I know that they, they hit, that they donate a certain amount of, you know, of their uh, revenue to charities. And, and I like the way that they interact in, in the cities and the communities. You feel good about working with them. The consumers are starting to think of themselves as partners a little bit. And if you don't treat them like that, then they will go find someone who will. Absolutely. You don't have to be a paid influencer to feel like you're partnering with a brand necessarily. Right. A few weeks ago, I had ordered these shoes from this French brand that I actually found on Instagram. And the unboxing experience was just extremely well done. So I ended up posting a picture of it on Twitter. And the whole night, I was like, when is this brand going to like my tweet? And they did. But it's like, <laughs> I wanted to feel like I was part yeah. of it. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, so how can a brand turn a packaging cost into a marketing opportunity? All right. Now, this is really big. And this is what we try to get the brands to understand. These are marketing dollars. And that's where they need to be sourced from. The brands used to put a lot of attention into their brick and mortar stores. And when you walked in some of the stores, they had an environment to them. 
They had a decor. They had a lighting. They had you know beautiful hardwood floors. They would go out of their way and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to make some of these stores be so inviting and take you out of your errand running Saturday and put you in a little moment where you would enjoy shopping for their products. You have to, at to a certain point, try to duplicate that in the unboxing and packaging. So you've got to take some of that money and you've got to put that into that final presentation of that unboxing. And it's, a, it's just a marketing process. What I've... What I also point out to a lot of the brands is it's funny if you go into marketplace, the Amazon, for instance, is actually using your boxes that you're sending to your consumers to advertise promotions that have nothing to do with you that Amazon is making money on. And that's like just so wrong. So this is the, you know, that's just another marketing reason why you want to control all your marketing. And you can't do that through the marketplace. You can only do that through your own adventure with your consumers. Right. Like you said, you go into a store and at the very least, the bag that you're putting the product in is branded mm-hmm. at the very least. And more often than not, if you say it was for a gift for someone, they yep. offer free, free gift wrapping, things like that. But like you said, when you order online, there's usually there's not even the brand on the box, nothing fancy inside. Usually right. you have to pay extra for that gift wrapping if you want it more nicely done. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. And that's what we tell the brands. Is that you, you, you do see the statistics of the consumers moving from brick and mortar to e-commerce. So you've got to move your marketing campaign with them. Otherwise, you will be left behind. Right. And it's not just the, you know, branding of the box, but also word of mouth. Once that person does say post a picture online or social media, they're telling their friends about how awesome that experience was. It's free advertising for the brand. Exactly. Exactly. How can brands use the returns process to save a customer relationship? Well, returns are part of just doing business. Um, So we all know no matter what part of the business you have, if you're in sales, there's going to be returns. The key for it is it needs to be as painless as possible to promote the shopper's additional business. There was a recent survey that said 48% of consumers review a return policy before they purchase. That means half of your consumers may move on to your competitor if your return policy is annoying. I mean, that's critical. I mean, 50%, that's a lot. So how do you handle that? Well, it can be addressed by orchestrating all levels of the return process, from the site to your customer service department to a pre-supplied return label. It must be seamless and it must be painless. If your consumer wishes to return something, it must be very, very simple, something that they're going to do in under a minute, and then they're done. If this is a big process for them, they're going to buy it from somebody else. Would you say a lot of customers still call customer service to return an item? No, that's that's probably the last straw, and that's only if there's circumstances that might warrant it. Most of the time, they want to do it on the site. They want to do it on their mobile device. They want to make it very quick. And ideally, they want the return label included with their shipment, which gives them the total freedom and the total control to do what they want. I love my product. I'm keeping it. Eh, it's not just exactly what I thought it would be. I'm just going to return it. What can a brand do earlier in the buying 
in the buying journey to ease the return process later on from the customer's perspective? Well, that's on the site. Is, is that's education. You have to let the consumer know that returns are easy, um, that this is what we're going to do, and this is going to be the process for you before you buy. It has to be easily stated, easily identifiable, and then delivered you know, in that same way. So what, what's the future of fulfillment, packaging, and returns? Well, I think consumer expectations are just going to continue to rise in e-commerce. Um, we've seen them change their direction from, you know, thank you for getting it to me. Thank you for getting it to me tomorrow. And now thank you for getting it to me in a beautiful box and a beautiful presentation. What tomorrow brings, what next month brings, we don't know. What you do have to know is you have to be careful and you have to be ready for it. We know that consumers want to be rewarded for their loyalty, but they want to be rewarded in new and creative ways. So you've got to watch the industry and you have to be creative yourself. You don't want to just follow. You have to lead at times. And you have to figure out, how do I have a more personal interaction with a more elegant experience with the consumer? Do I contain a, a personalized communication, which is what I spoke of earlier, provide marketing material, samples, or kind of like the way when you go on Google and all of a sudden Google will say, hey, you looked for this, you might want to also be interested in these six or seven different things. Google and Amazon are really, really good at taking what data you give them and classifying what you may or may not be interested in additionally. You have to do the same way within your own line. If a customer buys a product, put a sample in that might be something that would appeal to them. Put a some kind of a communication of your products that might lead them to return and to buy more. Uh, besides that, I think the return process at some point is going to be, if you don't have a pre-approved return label in the box, they're not going to like it. I think everybody's going to have to go that route eventually. The thing to, re to remember is that unboxing experience is now the new conversation with your consumer. Your retail associates are no longer at checkout stands talking to your consumers in the store at a regular basis. The bulk of the consumer communication that you're gonna have is gonna be through your unboxing experience. So you've gotta understand that and take advantage of it. Do you see brands going more towards say uh, like an Amazon style subscription where you know you pay say 100 bucks a year and you get free shipping for the year? It's a possibility. Freight is is uh, is a big big issue. Whenever we talk to brands, we all talk about the fun stuff, we talk about the marketing, we talk about the unboxing, we talk about the vision, we talk about the communication, and then at the end of the day, we all talk about the freight. And the freight is, is important. UPS and FedEx, a couple years ago, and this was really driven by Staples and Amazon, where you would get a box that would be huge and it would have a tiny little thing in it that was rolling around. And UPS and FedEx lost so much money on the cubic size in their trucks that the whole dimensional charges came into play. So then we all became very efficient and we're trying to put the right thing in the right size box. I think it's just real important that we understand that freight is going to be part of that, but it's a very costly endeavor. That's why if you deal with somebody like Blue Acorn ICI, your rates are actually the rates that are being shared by everything that we ship, not just freight rates that are based on your volume. This can be huge and can also allow you to offer free freight, 
reduced freight, all these different possibilities that people are looking for. So what are some of the other benefits of using a vendor like Blue Acorn ICI for your packaging and logistics? Well, handling direct-to-consumer orders cannot be combined with a large-scale B2B process. It's a totally different animal. It's just two different things. Trying to, trip out, trying to ship out a trailer to Target and to Walmart and then trying to ship one box to Mary Jones is just not even comparable. Brands want to focus on their product, their image in the marketplace, and of course, their sales. Let the experts handle the logistics and let us show you what works and what doesn't and how we can help you properly handle the freight costs, as I had just mentioned. Brands can tell us their vision or we can help them create one, either one. Blue Acorn ICI has that experience and the resources to provide you the recommended options to best serve your needs based on your product and your portion of the industry. Can you provide a few examples of how Blue Acorn ICI has improved the post-purchase experience for our clients? Yeah, we had a uh, we had a national brand that came to us. Um, it was a national baby food company that did not have an e-commerce experience, uh, e-commerce presence. They were they were all brick and mortar, and they wanted to not only launch the site. But they were smart enough to say, okay, we don't want to just put stuff in the box. We are coming at this from a new identity, and we want a unboxing experience. Of course, we were very happy to hear that. So we were very excited. We worked with their marketing department. And it's, it's easy. When you understand the product, you have to understand the consumer who's going to get it. So now we have young mothers or mothers of babies and children that are going to be receiving food for their children through um, a carrier system. So we created a very well-branded box, and on the inside of the carton, we made a white liner, which really did promote a clean, sanitized look for food safety. We used a matching tissue paper that wrapped around the food. We only used air pillows. We didn't use any cardboard fill. And then we include a letter from the CEO welcoming them to the family of that company. It was a, uh, it was a very nice presentation and very well received by the consumers. Do you find that the marketing team and packaging team are typically siloed from one another? Typically, yes. Packaging typically has always been based on uh, a factory mentality and um, how are we going to just package your product. And a lot of the times what we notice is your packaging may or may not be suitable for e-commerce freight. They are packaging their product to go through a large B2B supply chain, which means the product never really turns on its side or turns upside down. It's palletized in the factory, loaded onto a trailer, unloaded at a large brick and mortar, and then put on a retail shelf. When you're dealing with e-commerce, you're sending it through a UPS FedEx conveyor system that looks like a Dr. Seuss machine at times in your hubs. So the packaging has to be understood. So there's times that we've worked with their packaging, packaging departments to understand if we can make any tweaks to it, because either we're going to do it in production or we're going to do it in our process to get it out the door. Right. Is there anything you'd like to mention before we wrap up? No, I think, I think the 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 most important thing is to understand that the unboxing experience is the new frontier of e-commerce it's it's the last step 
and it's the conversation with your consumer. It, it's critical that you understand that and that you take advantage of it to the best of your ability because it will result in sales. Well, I appreciate you joining us today, Wayne. Uh, for those of you listening, you can find episodes pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. And if you'd like to learn more about enhancing the customer experience, we just released our complete customer experience report that you can find on blueacornici.com and our blog. Until next time.